0: Washington's triumph over Oregon stunned me for a multitude of reasons, perhaps the biggest one being that Washington, ever since they beat Oregon to earn their sixth win of the regular season, has struggled to put teams away. Whether it's Arizona State, where they had to put them away late in the fourth quarter, same for Stanford, same for USC, same for Utah, same for Oregon State. Washington had to win off of a last-second field goal over now 5-7 and seven Washington State. And yet again, you put away Oregon late in the fourth quarter. And typically, you can't replicate that kind of success. You can't. Because playing in that many close games, again, going back to post-regular season Oregon win... Washington has won their games by eight, nine, ten, seven, two, three, and three points. The majority of those being one score or single digit wins. That's hard to replicate. And Washington has achieved a 13 win season. It's the most wins in a single season for the Huskies. And unlike the regular season matchup where I said I think that Oregon to a certain degree outplayed Washington, but Washington outcoached Oregon, Washington in this game beat Oregon at the lines of scrimmage. They outcoached Oregon again, except this time on top of that they outplayed Oregon. Right out of the gate, Washington... Marching down and running the ball effectively and using the short intermediate passing game and using motion to move Oregon's defense, you knew that this was going to be a game. And I said in my preview and prediction video for this matchup that I think that Oregon's going to win, but I think picking them to cover the spread would be foolish. I think that would imply that Washington's win over Oregon was flukish in the regular season, and it wasn't. But I was wrong. I was right on the part that Washington would make this a game, and indeed it was a game. It it was an all-time classic, one of the best games of the season this year, along with their regular season matchup, the game between Michigan and Ohio State. It's up there in that category, and it's the last Pac-12 game It's the last between two Pac-12 teams. And to a certain degree, that's sad. To a certain degree, you have to be optimistic and look forward to the new future. For Washington fans and for Oregon fans, welcome to the Big Ten, by the way. College Football with Sam is a Big Ten channel, covers Big Ten football, and I'm excited to see you all on here commenting and engaging with my already existing Big Ten audience. So Please subscribe to the channel and click the notification bell so that you can get notified when I release more content. But to get back to this game, Washington controlled Oregon. And that's where I was wrong, is I thought that Oregon would win the lines of scrimmage. I thought that Oregon, due to being healthier, would have the better offensive line. I thought that Oregon maybe wouldn't have the better defensive line in terms of run stop, but in pass rush, I thought they would have the better defensive line. And I thought that Oregon's running backs and Jordan James and Bucky Irving would be more of an impact. And that wasn't the case. Washington's defensive tackles manhandled Oregon's interior offensive line. And the stats do not even tell that story because of Bo Nix's 44-yard scramble. You take that away, and Oregon ran the ball 19 times for 80 yards barely over four yards per carry. Washington barely ran for over four yards per carry, but they ran for 37 times on a consistent basis, and they jammed the ball down Oregon's throat to finish the game. On that final drive, Oregon responded with a quick, clutch touchdown. Two plays, 75 yards, 30 seconds, and a long TD pass to Treshaun Holden. And Oregon did play, their players played, they played a great game but Washington was, Washington was the better team. And in a power ranking sense, maybe Oregon is still better. I checked ESPN's FPI this morning, and Oregon would still be favored by FPI to win by nearly double digits. I think that's bogus. I think two matchups, Washington winning both of them, Washington out-coaching Oregon both times. In one matchup, Oregon looked like the better team that just... Let the wind slip away from them by some overly aggressive fourth down calls. In this game, Oregon was two of two on fourth down. Washington was 0 of one. So the fourth down advantage is flipped. And Washington outgains you in first downs. They outgain you in passing yards. They outgain you in rushing yards. They outgain you in total yards. Washington loses the penalty battle. Washington has multiple plays. More than Oregon that could have turned into turnovers. But it just didn't go that way. Washington had more plays. And Washington, by the way, 14-minute possession advantage. 14-minute possession advantage. You are not winning a game when your defense is on the field for 37 minutes and 8 seconds. And your offense is only on the field for 22 minutes and 52 seconds. Washington established... That T.O.P. advantage after the first quarter, when they had 13 minutes of possession in 15 minutes of gameplay, which is crazy. That is the point where Washington was able to lean on their defense. They were able to sit back, and you should never sit back, but Washington did have a rough third quarter that afforded them mistakes. Washington could throw an interception. They could fail on a fourth down. They could let Oregon take the lead, but knowing that Washington still had more fuel in the tank due to their control of the clock and their methodical play, they could strike right back. And after controlling the first half, and then Oregon jumping out to a lead in the third, Washington took control in the fourth quarter. It was beautiful. Kalen DeBoer is a top 10 head coach, and you cannot convince me otherwise. 11-2 and last year, 13-0 and this season, Washington they do not fulfill the blue chip ratio where they have more four and five star players on their roster than three star players and typically you have to have a 50 percent or higher blue chip ratio to win a national title i think washington could be an exception to that rule because the game they played last night is a master class game and washington has elite trench play they have an elite offensive line a joe moore award caliber o-line that opened up holes in Oregon's defensive line. They just don't have an elite running back to turn those holes into massive gains. Penix was well-protected. There were times where Oregon brought the blitz and Penix still had five or six seconds to throw. They have elite perimeter play at wide receiver. Great tight ends, a great stable of tight ends. Penix, when he's on point, phenomenal. And he played his best game in a while. He has had rough outings against Arizona State against Stanford, against Washington State, against Oregon State in the rain he struggled, but he is a trooper. That's why he's easy to root for, because he is humble, he's a hard worker, he's a veteran like Bo Nix. Both of these quarterbacks are in their sixth year, and he had his highest quarterback efficiency rating since his game against USC on November 4th, and USC's defense is nothing like Oregon's defense. Oregon's defense has some issues, and I went from being, as a Michigan fan personally, frightened potentially by a matchup against Oregon, to now thinking that if Michigan faced Oregon, Michigan would grind that team up. They would chew them like gum and spit them out of their mouth. That rushing defense has issues. When you bring pressure, when you bring blitzes, and Dylan Johnson is able to power forward on you. Dylan Johnson's good running back, great running back. And Washington has an elite O-line, but there are some injuries there. Johnson's not fully healthy. Mateo Melee, their starting center, is out. And Johnson is not an elite running back. He isn't. This is his best season of his career, and he's improving, and he's certainly a great player. But Washington isn't a team that has an elite rushing attack for a variety of reasons. They also don't have a dual threat quarterback. Penix running the ball was effective because defenses don't expect him to run the football. He is not a running quarterback. He can scramble and pick up some yards, but he's not known for that. And Washington was still able to not get explosive runs, but they got that consistent four, five, six yards. They were always on schedule in the ground attack. For Oregon, it was either boom or bust. Washington, what they did was sustainable. It was, you could replicate what Washington did, that game plan. Oregon, when they got big plays and then were inconsistent in other ways, you can't replicate that. You can't. That is a boomer bust, ride high, or quickly die type of play style. Washington had one punt, Oregon had four. And fourth down calls look, it's good to be aggressive, but. The fact that Oregon had to be perfect on fourth down to stay in this game, and they came up with more than a 100 yard deficit and nearly a 15 minute possession deficit and a nine first down deficit is telling. Washington controlled this game. This is an all time classic, and I think Kalen DeBoer is a top 10 head coach in college football. He has over 100 career wins, and I know this is not counting. That's counting everything, not just the FBS, but FCS, counting Division three or Division two. That's where Sioux Falls Cougars played. Mm-hmm. It's counting Fresno State in the Group of Five as well. He is 103 and 11 as a head coach, and at Washington, he's 24 and two, 16 and two in Pac-12 play. He has won the Alamo Bowl, finished in the top 10 last season, and Washington this year is guaranteed to finish in the top 10. Probably not in FPI or some power rankings, but they're good. 9-0 in conference, 13-0 overall. Washington is the first team to go undefeated in Pac-12 play ever since the expansion to 12 teams in 2011. This is a great team. Do they have the dominance of the 2016 team? No. But I think they have that higher ceiling and better X factor than the 2016 team the ceiling of this team is nuts the way they played oregon if they can replicate that in two games they could go 15 and 0 now will they do that is that likely i would say the answer to the latter question of is replicating this game two more times in a row likely no because washington has not been able to do that all season long but it's possible Washington, after all, controlled 75% of this game. They dominated three out of four quarters, and the lines of scrimmage were theirs. Braylon Trice had a good game. ZTF, Zion, Tupola, Fatui had a great game. Washington did not have any sacks, but they had three tackles for loss and four passes defended. Jabbar Muhammad had had several great plays. Dominique Hampton... And Cameron Fabekulanan, he actually had a few plays. He's a safety for Washington, and I don't even believe he was listed as a starter. No, he's a corner, pardon me, but he had a good game. Washington, for all their faults in the secondary and allowing a 63-yard touchdown pass to Treshaun Holden, letting Tez Johnson and Jordan James get the better of them a few times... They had a great performance. Washington did defensively, a better defensive performance than I thought. For Oregon, they had two sacks, four TFLs, but their secondary was getting cooked all day. And if not for Michael Penix having some bad passes, it could have been worse. Again, Bo Nix by QBR outplayed Michael Penix Jr. And Bo Nix, I think, is clearly the better quarterback in terms of ceiling, in terms of talent in terms of of being an impact player i think but michael penix junior is better in the fact that he's poised he gets he gets the job done and in this game he averaged 1.2 more yards per pass attempt he had a higher completion percentage and he did his job he's a top 10 quarterback and you can't ask You can't ask much more of that in a game like this, a top five, a top five matchup, a matchup where if you win, you're in. That's what this game was. And Washington won this matchup and they have their first 13 win season in school history. And they're going to the college football playoff. If the favorites of today win, they will likely match up with Michigan in the Rose Bowl If Michigan's the number one seed because they beat Iowa and Georgia loses to Alabama, then Washington maybe could get in the Sugar Bowl if Michigan wants to go to the Rose Bowl because the number one seed gets to decide where they're playing. But we'll just have to wait and see. Oregon's inconsistency is what killed them here. I mean, with all of those bad passes at times or runs up the middle where Jackson, Powers, Johnson, and the interior of that O-line. I don't know what Oregon was doing at times. Their, their first drive, and for much of this game, Oregon was pass-heavy. They were. And at the end of the day, Washington had 17 more rushing attempts than Oregon, and they only had seven more passing attempts. And that was strange to me. And that's also telling in retrospect. It's telling that Washington had faith leaning on their run game, and Oregon clearly did not. Part of it's understandable because at one point they were down by 17 points, and at that point you don't want to chew clock, and there were multiple drives where Oregon had to score quickly to get back in, but Washington got Oregon off schedule, and I think Oregon abandoned their run game at times. They weren't perfect, and they were struggling, but Washington... So why coaching is so important. They came in with a better game plan. They had more plays. They had more yards. They just controlled and led in every aspect of the game. They have a higher ceiling than Oregon. I think Oregon, on average, probably plays at a higher level than Washington just because of their talent, their superior depth, and their better athleticism and better overall talent at quarterback, and their more balanced offense. And also a defense that I think is more balanced. I think Washington is better at Oregon and run stop, but Oregon is better in Washington in pass defense. I think Oregon's defense is more 50-50, run and pass, closer to that, and Washington's would be more like 75-25 in terms of stopping the run. Oregon is that more balanced team. Washington's offense, pass-heavy in terms of strength, and run heavy in terms of defensive strength. Oregon can operate in any way. That gives them more versatility. But on a ceiling basis, with the offensive line that Washington has, the quarterback play of Michael Penix and his ability to stay poised, not to panic, and do his job. An elite stable of receivers. Jalen Polk is now healthy, and that's awesome. Jeremy Bernard... Jalen Polk, Jalen McMillan, Roma Dunze, who I think might be better than Marvin Harrison Jr., watching him in this game and Marvin Harrison Jr. for the whole season, and Dunze, I mean, this season, well over 1,000 receiving yards. Great receiver. Definitely a future NFL player, probably a first-rounder with how he's performed this season. And defensively, being able to force teams to be one-dimensional, and I think Washington can do that with their defensive front, and forcing teams to beat you through the air, that matches up well with a Michigan. That could match up well with a Georgia, because Georgia is a team that prides itself along the line of scrimmage, and outside of Brock Bowers. I wonder if Washington could guard those wide receivers, but Bowers would be a mismatch against any defense, let alone a Washington defense that's not at the level of Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia, or Alabama for sure. Washington is a top 25, top 20 defense in my opinion, and they have a a top 10, top 5 offense, but they do not have an elite defense by any stretch of the imagination. The Huskies exploited the Ducks, and Oregon improved compared to last year, but losing to your rival twice... It stings. And Dan Lanning is now 0-3. He's 0-3 against Kalen DeBoer. Kalen DeBoer is undefeated against Oregon. And he's won by three points in every game. 3-0 with an average margin of victory of three points. That's coaching. Especially when you consider that Oregon in all of those matchups has had superior talent. A higher blue chip ratio. They've recruited at a better level. They have more talented players. And that goes to credit to Washington for scouting their players, for recruiting fits for the program, diamonds in the rough, or recruiting players who are good but analysts missed on. And that's good for developing those players. I think they have one of the best strength and conditioning staffs in the country. And Kaitlin DeBoer is one of the best head coaches in the country. And Jamarcus Shepard and Ryan Grubb, that offensive staff, I don't know the offensive line coach's name, and shame on me, but you have to admire what Washington has built. And you have to admire what Oregon's built, too. The Ducks were a combined six points, if you want to say they win in overtime by tying it up in in regulation, or a combined 14 points if they score an extra touchdown in each of their matchups against Washington and win outright in regulation— they were anywhere from 6 to 14 points away from going 13-0 and themselves. So you have to give Oregon props. And Dan Lanning is improving as a coach every game he coaches in. But DeBoer's more experienced. He's more proven. And Right now, DeBoer has an edge over Lanning. When you go 3-0 and against a coach who has better talent than you, that's some Mark D'Antonio beating up on Michigan type stuff, and I wonder if Washington now has a mental edge over Oregon, and I'm curious to see what that looks like next year, when both of these teams will meet up, by the way, on rivalry weekend. Both of these teams will now meet up on the final weekend of the regular season in the future, which is pretty cool. Hopefully, Oregon... And Oregon State and the Civil War and the Apple Cup between Washington and Washington State still stays together because those are great rivalries. And I think, I know for a fact Washington and Washington State have a series scheduled out. I don't know if Oregon and Oregon State do, but I think that is in the works. So congratulations to Washington. They're 13-0, and 9-0 in Pac-12 play. Oregon falls to 11-2, and 8-1 and in Pac-12 play. But they will be in a New Year's Six Bowl. And getting that 12th win and a New Year's Six Bowl win in that trophy will be big. And I expect Dan Lanning and his team to bring their A game to that New Year's Six Bowl in a great performance. I can't wait to watch them play in probably the Fiesta Bowl. And for Washington, I cannot wait to see who they match up against because if they play their A-plus game, I think they can beat anyone. Doesn't mean they'll be able to beat Everyone, if everyone in the playoff plays to their ceiling at that point, I think probably Michigan and Georgia or Ohio State, if they sneak in, would have an advantage over Washington just based off of talent and and matchups overall. But Huskies are a good, good football program, and right now they have an elite football team. Can they become an elite developmental program and recruit better? We'll have to see, but this is a good win. And 3431, I was wrong. I I guess I doubted Washington. So there's that. Thank you all so much for watching this video. Thanks to Crash 2488, Anthony McDowell, and Justin Rog for being Heisman patrons in the month of November. I know it's December now, but I'll change that up when I start talking about the playoffs. Thanks to Spencer Bringhurst, Snow DLC, and SFS Inverted for being all American patrons. Thanks to Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, Chris Lane, Austin Christmas, and Zubin Zah for being all conference patrons. Have a phenomenal day, guys. Go dogs. go Huskies, and welcome to the Big Ten, Oregon and Washington fans. I cannot wait to see you all next season. And by the way, Michigan, my team, plays both Oregon and Washington, so I'm excited to engage with you all, especially for those games. Have a phenomenal day. And I will see you all around, likely later today. Bye-bye.